0: Hey, I'm Tracy Burns. I'm a financial advisor with UBS, and um, I'm on a mission to help women through divorce transition to empower them. I have a super soft spot for female founders and entrepreneurs and small businesses, and of course, closing the wage gap. I have three teen teenagers; two of them are daughters, so I have a personal interest in um, in getting us there because we are still very far off. So, before we get into today's topic, I. Highly recommend you go back and listen to the ones we have done, especially during this time, just for context, where it's this, we're coming into the summer post-COVID, Some areas, some areas are still pretty deep in it, but the five things your business should be thinking about during this, the people you should be surrounding yourself, quite frankly, when to admit failure. We've covered some really cool things thus far, but I have to say that never before, at least in my life, has science been on the forefront of everything we talk about, right? From Dr. Fauci to the drug companies, will there be a vaccine, won't there be? It's all about science, which is why it is high time we talk to a scientist. Jayshree Sate is a scientist. She is actually one of the highest ranking scientists at 3M, and by the way, 3M, not just post-its, And she will explain all that to us in a bit. She has 68 patents, And what's even cooler is when she and I met the first time two years ago, she was just appointed the Chief Science Advocate, which was a brand new gig, and she's still in it. And part of it is to get the word out there that science is cool and we need more people in it. Thank you for being here today with us.
1: Thanks for having me, Tracy.
0: So one of the things you got... So first of all, were you always interested in science? Like, was this a thing or were you pushed into it?
1: Well, I would say I was interested, but uh, because I grew up in a university town, my dad was a university professor. I think we were kind of pushed, but I'm glad we were.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, I feel like we should do more of that around here. You grew up in India, just so people understand. I almost think that, you know, sometimes we're like, ooh, go find yourself. And then I think people aren't happy when they actually find themselves (laughs) disappointed (laughs) in what they find. (laughs) Um, One of the things that... 3M did, though, was launch this state of science index, which is really cool because I would wonder if when you first started the index, you know, this whole lack of interest and understanding of science, I wonder if you you did it it today, you see a change based on where we are with COVID-19 and everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, we are actually planning to do that sort of a pulse survey to see uh, where the world is at. I mean, just to back up, uh, when we first did it, it was uh, 14 countries, 1,000 respondents per country. And the idea was to understand what the public thought about science and globally. And what we found is that almost 40% said if science didn't exist, their lives would be no different. 40%. That's 4 out of 10 said if science didn't exist, their lives would be no different. And get this, most of the respondents took the survey on their laptops or mobile phones. (laughs) So that clearly shows what the problem is. I mean, science is underappreciated. It's invisible. It's taken for granted. But people had huge expectations of science, just like you pointed out they do now with the COVID-19 situation. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have to advocate for science because there's a disconnect. I don't care for science that much. But by the way, I want you to cure this. I want flying cars, travel to Mars. I want to live underwater, blah, blah, blah. So I was called upon to be the chief science advocate. That was a new position that cre- we created at 3M. And basically, after you know, reading and reviewing all the information, including the results of the survey, reflecting and ruminating upon you know, my own experiences, Um, not just as a scientist, but also as a mother, I basically broke it down into three buckets. We need to raise that awareness and appreciation of science in our daily lives. And as you said, in 2020, given the pandemic, I think people are beginning to hopefully realize how science impacts our lives in ways big and small, whether it's vaccine development or understanding the impact of different therapies or viral control measures. I mean, science has been thrust into the forefront. The second issue I see is breaking down these barriers, biases, and boundaries, you know, things like underrepresentation of women and minorities in STEM. Um, we found in the survey that women were always trailing in the positive sentiment of science. And it could be as simple as media portrayal. You know, you show mad scientist, evil scientist, maverick scientist, genius scientist, loner scientist, male scientists always. And there's also this confidence gap that women may feel in their ability to pursue STEM, uh, either lack of minorities uh, due to you know issues such as the systemic or structural institutional racism that many of us have awakened to with the recent events. So it's all very relevant. And the third is championing for science and communication in a context that is important. And this too has recently been brought in the forefront due to, you know, sometimes the politicization of science, but you know that there have been some excellent science communicators like Dr. Fauci, you just mentioned. They have emerged who have kept the human element forefront and kept true to the scientific process. And the fact that science is an iterative process, you know, whereas new data becomes available, you change your recommendation, it's important to be critically thinking and adjusting. So those are the kinds of things that I'm trying to address in this role as chief science advocate at 3M because we really care about science, I'm sure your audience really cares about science and we want the public to care about science and we have been living it, you know, as most of your listeners will recognize right away. We are in the forefront in the fight against COVID-19. We're one of the largest manufacturers of N95 masks. And there you go, science improving lives.
0: Right. And yeah. And, and so you could almost, you hate to say that this is like a um, an opportunity because it's been so devastating on so many levels, but it really is. Right and one of the things that you brought up is the way that scientists are portrayed there seem to be one met often men to like these crazy people that work in labs and don't have friends so why why is it so important that we dispel that image and get more diversity in the laboratories
1: Yeah, I mean, diversity of thought, of ideas, that is the lifeblood for tackling societal challenges. I mean, no one has a monopoly on creative ideas and innovation, and it's definitely not one monolithic group. I mean, in fact, there is so much research out there now that shows that socially diverse groups are just better at innovation and problem solving. And many of your listeners have probably experienced that firsthand. And same is true for STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and math. It is imperative that we have strong representation from women and minorities because we have to unlock the secrets of building a sustainable future. We see it right in front of us. And racism and things like that, they impact science, education, and STEM fields as well because STEM professionals and academics have a huge influence in shaping the world. However, the data indicates that less than 3% are black men, less than 2% are black women, according to an NSF study from, you know, just five years ago. So we know we have a problem of underrepresentation. All minorities, you know, women, uh, and, and a lot of fields and areas and social uh, vectors that really haven't tapped uh, the talent into in bringing it into the STEM field. And, and the virus of racism, if you will, also has played a role. Uh, so I think there's a lot to be done. There's lots of progress. But we, at the end of the day, we need everyone to have a seat at the table. And that's why diversity is important in every area, including STEM.
0: I'm, I'm always biased and I always tip my hat to women because I think that we could do anything. But why? why we can. Um, but why is it so important to get more women Involved in STEM, because I, pers- I, from where I sit, I think we just care, like we care so much about the earth and our family and all this kind of stuff. I feel like it makes perfect sense that we're first and foremost in, in this fight.
1: Absolutely. And what you're pointing out to is something I've written about a lot. And that is the fact that when we are communicating about STEM to, let's say, little girls and even young women, we are not talking about the context that you just gave. What you just did is what we need to do more of. We need to connect the fact that making the world a better place, helping others, that is so, so important and central to STEM. I call it telling the wholesome story. In fact, uh, there was a study conducted by Microsoft that found that 72% of the girls said that it was important for them to have jobs that directly helped the world. But when asked, they only 37% thought that STEM would be something that would help make the world better. I'm blown away by that because everything we do is towards making better solutions, making life easier, improving situations. So the solution is right there for us. The very narrative around STEM fields needs to be changed. I've seen firsthand the impact of a girl's strong desire to change the world, my daughter, and she was interested in pursuing science projects when she realized they would solve real world problems. So the Context is so much more important for girls and women, and what has happened in science, because it started out being such a male-centric field, it has become extremely content-focused. And we have to really talk about the narrative and the storytelling and the human element. And that would really help more women in STEM. And as you said, they care and they will put their souls into it. It's just that we are losing them because we don't have the right context wrapped around what STEM is and what scientists do and how it solves problems and improves lives. So I think uh, that's one of the very important things that you're pointing out that we need to do, which is telling the wholesome story.
0: So, so let's hop in now, because we're, we're, we jumped into your, the five things that you think we can do to push to get more girls and women in STEM. And one of them is telling this wholesome story. I love that. We talked a little bit about shattering the stereotypes, because that's the same too. Does that mean that we need more women, say, teaching science in high school? Like, do I need to look up to a woman in class? It's, actu-
1: it's actually a lot of stuff, and they're all interconnected. So shattering of stereotypes is Kind of when girls are aspiring to do something, if they think about science and they think about scientists and you probably ask somebody, do you remember the first time you saw a scientist? I mean, was it in a movie or a comic strip or did you conjure it up from a book you read? And were they all men? And it wouldn't surprise me if they were. So it would certainly be consistent with media portrayal of scientists over the years. Now, thankfully, because of an effort of a lot of people, the image has improved moving away from this mad or evil scientist stereotype. And that would definitely negatively impact girls like my daughter identify with STEM. And so the media representation has increased, but it still has a has a long way to go. But role models helps but it's not enough you have to tie it into all these things i mean for my daughter for example there was a role model right at home so imagine my surprise (laughs) when she said uh you know i said maybe we should go to an after school science activity and she just looked at me and said i don't want to be a scientist i'm not a nerd i want to help people (laughs) so it was very
0: clear she did say she wanted to help people so she's not connecting exactly that she could do that with science
1: Yes. And so it's clear to my husband and I at that point, two PhD engineer parents, that we failed to, you know, air quote market to our daughter what science really is and what scientists do. We hadn't quite mastered the art of communicating, you know, to a young impressionable mind that is influenced by media stereotypes and and pop culture portrayals. So we didn't emphasize the connection of how it solves problems and benefits others. And I think this is key to attracting young girls to STEM. And then we started talking about why science was important and not just sharing the what So, for example, how mommy's new invention will help diapers stay put on wiggly babies, how daddy's (laughs) new window film helps make rooms more comfortable for the occupants. These stories made it more relatable, more tangible, and it gave our daughter the much needed context to pique her curiosity. You know, after that, it's just nurturing this and helping her develop that creativity and problem solving and critical thinking skills. So I think shattering of stereotypes and telling the wholesome story sort of tie in very well together.
0: But then the exposure and like the environment, you know, it's, it's interesting you just said that because you are, you can't get more exposure than your household. And yet it's not resonating. You know, I, I almost want to like tell the whole, you know, every time that that Kylie Jenner person is on some, you know, the news that all those cosmetics that she makes started in a laboratory right (laughs) there was a scientist and there's science involved in creating makeup even like maybe we need someone like her to get involved in this
1: yes so what you just did is you took the content and you gave it context and you did it in a storytelling way look it started in the lab and this is all about the exposure and environment you can't just stem 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 to them You have to talk about that storytelling. And scientists have long recognized that science and the art of storytelling are are intertwined. But, you know, unfortunately, I have to say, in a standardized testing environment where there's no room left for creativity, students are being introduced to scientific concepts largely through textbooks and lectures that, I'm sorry, can be rather uninspiring. So you have to provide interactive experience, like for example, what you just suggested: get in a lab and make makeup, make a pigment, put it in a powder, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that gives you an interactive, hands-on experience. It gives you exposure to a STEM career, and it gives visibility of role models, which go a long way in inspiring. So if STEM subjects are explained through that lens of a story it is honestly believed that many more girls who consistently, Tracy, score higher than boys in verbal proficiency will get more interested. So it is well established that, you know, persisting biases and gender stereotypes when in combination with some of our hardwiring in our brains, they can drive girls and women away from science-related fields. But if you start talking to them about uh, storytelling and communicating science in a different way and expose them to that then we are all helping them understand what is possible so it is a lot about again very interconnected we just shattered stereotypes we are telling the whole story we are providing the right exposure and environment and next to me is providing allies and advocates
0: right and who are they are they the science teachers
1: it's across the spectrum. It starts with parents, it's teachers, and it goes all the way to the workplace. See, in the early days, you know, now we've all seen the movie, electronic computing was work that was largely done by women. Yes. Once computers became indispensable and once computers became associated with greater power and influence, suddenly female programmers lost out in technology despite having all the requisite skills it has been well demonstrated
0: and you're referring but, to Hidden Figures. Absolutely. That the most amazing movie that everyone should watch if they haven't already.
1: They should, because uh, assuming that this is something that women can't do, well, they've been doing it. They were the ones who did it, and they were the ones who started it. So please don't tell me that it is not in our capability, right? And now take that upon the AI recruiting processes that some people can use. So the legacy of bias behind these jobs, which have already become male dominated, just gets filled with more male resumes. So when I talk about allies and advocates, I also want to say it's time for men to stand up and be allies and vocal advocates at work and at home. You know, girls need to see more young women in tech roles. Young women need to see more role models succeeding in tech. And they have to believe that it is an environment that will allow them to have fulfilling careers and lives and for men, it's not a zero-sum game. It's just not. So you have to understand that and become really allies and advocates because it's just plain wrong otherwise, you know, the way I look at it. For
0: sure. And that, I mean, the numbers are there, right? We are over, over 50% of consumers are women. So if, even if I was a man and I had a technology company or was running a lab, I would want women front and center because that's who my consumer is. So that, I mean, that probably plays into your last and final point, the metrics and the measures, like measure the consumer. The consumer is female.
1: Absolutely. I mean, across the board, there are things that need to be considered. If you look at just the 2018, I believe it is, Future of Jobs Report by the World Economic Forum, and it covers 20 countries. And it concluded that millions of jobs could be lost to disruptive labor market changes, um, with an overwhelming majority of future jobs requiring STEM-based skills. So the math is very simple. Like you said, it's 50% of the world population is women. So can we afford to miss, miss out on the contributions of 50% of the world's population? We need that diversity of thought, you know, especially when there are many critical problems waiting to be solved creatively. We need numbers. We need governance and policy and diversity and inclusion and goals and metrics. Uh, you know, because gender stereotypes, lack of visible role models, unsupportive or even hostile policies and environments, they will keep women and girls from pursuing these careers. And that is going to impact us all. So it's, it's the math is very simple. I mean, 50%, like you said, half, start with that number. So I think a lot of companies, a lot of organizations are striving to put these metrics and measures in place. And I think we have to do that because if we leave it up to its own devices, the dial, the needle does not move, unfortunately. And we have seen that in many areas. So it is up to the leaders to step up. And many of the people that are listening to your podcast are leaders within their own right. I think it's time for them to push for more metrics and measures and say, look, the data is clear. Consumers are 50 percent. World's population is 50 percent almost. So how about we put metrics and measures in place which drive these changes. Because I believe this call to action for concerted, concrete efforts to overcome these obstacles, that's what is needed. We have to tackle any misconceptions about girls' ability, but we are also seriously at that point, we have to promote access to learning opportunities for women and girls because the future will be marked by scientific and technological process and progress. And it has to draw upon the full talent, the full creativity, the full idea, and the full commitment of women's and, women and girls, uh, you know, in STEM and other fields. So I think those five things that we talked about, that's what allow us to go full steam ahead. And if anybody um, doesn't remember them, I made it easy to remember. It actually spells steam. S- it does. You're right. For, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I try to make it easy, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> Shattering stereotypes is S, telling the wholesome story is T, exposure and environment is E, allies and advocates is A, and metrics and measures is M, and then we're full steam ahead.
0: This is why you are a chief science advocate. You are amazing at telling this story. And I will just say from where I sit on the financial side, this is where the economy is, right? The technology side of the market is what's moving this country forward. It is all about technology, science, biotech, you name it, that is what 's propelling us, so you could just see where the world is going, and these companies are not going to be able to continue to grow if they don 't have the scientific brains behind them right to keep absolutely creating products
1: yeah, no, but what you just said is very important, and I wanted to make that point, and I try to make this point it isn 't just about science careers it isn 't just about pursuing stem in college. What you just said is very important. It's scientific thinking. Yeah. The world will progress a lot faster if a, many more of us adopt the scientific thinking process, which is here's the hypothesis, here's the research, here's what has been done, here's what I'm going to do, here's the data, here's how you look at this data, here's how you critically think and you adjust your recommendation or your future work, etc. cetera. Just that critical thinking. That scientific thought process is so applicable in everything we do. So, I'm not here saying everybody should pursue science. I'd love that. But I would like people to at least be scientifically literate and understand and internalize the scientific way of thinking, which is a critical mindset, which I think will really hold us in good stead in any aspect of our life. And that is, I think, also very important. But you know, it's also very important to pursue science in STEM because the problems we face, not just as society but as humanity, a lot of them will need science-based solutions. So I think we have to raise the acknowledgement and awareness, lower and em- eliminate the barriers and biases, and champion and communicate um, in a context that is important to human lives. So
0: it's it's so so important, and it falls exactly into my world too, where we talk about. The ESG, environmental, social, and governance, like it—it it is all one. We are all on the same page with this, and we need to just encourage more girls, more women to get out there and kill it like you are doing right now. You are amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us.
1: Yep. No, it was very exciting. And if people want to see more of the results of the survey, they can go to 3M.com slash index. And for some of uh, the people who are uh, your listeners, it might be interesting because it goes through the data of all the 14 countries. So if you have business elsewhere, if you want to understand how people think, you can slice and dice it by the basic demography. Um, There's also data, you know, um, for different uh, education level, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of interesting to see how people think about it. And if you go to that website, you'll also see some interesting things that might be important for people, you know, storytellers guide, or how to portray people who are scientists beyond the beaker, you know, as normal human beings. We also have a (laughs) podcast, which talks about, you know, the data. And then just recently, we did something fun, which some of your listeners might enjoy. We're all stuck at home. What do we do? I mean, I typically... Uh, like last year, I traveled to five different countries, you know, and, and talked about science and advocacy and all of that, but we're all grounded. And so we, we had to pivot and 55 million students in the US also had to stay at home. So what we created was science at home. It's a very interesting series. We, um, me and my a uh, lot of co workers, we just did experiments at home, we taped it ourselves. And they're consistent with next generation science standards. And you can watch these fun experiments. And that's at 3m.com/slash science at home. And so that's great, even during summer, because many it's of the exactly. <laughs> know, All
0: these kids are home and we're still Yeah, stumped. and the
1: camps are not happening. Right. So they can actually see. And the nice thing is they can see not just experiments being done, they can see them done by scientists you know and so that's nice a lot of us have done a lot of fun ones like for fourth of july you can try our liquid fireworks that's a fun one so that's awesome.
0: you're fantastic thank you so much for all of this and i hope everybody takes you up on it check out the data check out the mini experiments and if nothing else go be an advocate for women and girls and get involved in stem in some shape or form thank you again jayshree
1: thank you so much thanks for having me Tracy.
0: This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc., nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. In providing wealth management services to clients, we offer both investment advisory and brokerage services, which are separate and distinct and differ in material ways. For information, including the different laws and contracts that govern, visit UBS.com forward slash working with us. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.